I have lots of questions. Okay. That's, I probably don't have answers. <laughs> <laughs> really hate this I don't hate it. I just, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, let's just yeah. Welcome to another episode of Customers Also Watch, the podcast where my guests and I discuss a movie currently available for free on Amazon Prime, picked by me from the Customers Also Watch list of the previous episode's film. After we discuss the movie, we rate it on a five-point scale, love it, recommend it, leave it, remake it, or kill it with fire. Then I'll pick the next movie to be covered at the end of the show from the Customers Also Watch list of today's film. I'm your host, Erica, and my guest for this week is Chris Schmidt, who was a guest for the Killer Eye episode last year. Hello, hey. Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for coming back after I made you watch the Killer Eye. Oh, cool. I mean, I appreciate that because I actually recognize the director from how we shot the movie, mm -hmm. from the bad movie we saw at the, with Pancake. Or... Oh, that's so right. It was yeah. really nice because I felt like almost like uh, Frank Connor from Mystery Science Theater, who's yeah. Spits out bad movie trivia. And I was like, oh, wait, it's that guy. It's like, so I was really, okay. I felt very proud of it. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I, I gave, you got something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually find the sequel to The Killer Eye at oh, yeah. the Dollar Tree. And, oh, yeah. you know, when they have those like yellow envelopes of movies, they don't even have like the jewel case right, with yeah. them. Right. I found it in there. Okay. And I bought it. Have you seen it? No. Okay. I bought it for a dollar oh, yeah. so that. Then I was like, the next time Schmidt's over, okay. he and I are literally going to kill it with fire. Okay. So I've got it for us to burn. We're going to do that after we record. Right. And then if you remember, like, we we didn't like the movie, Killer Eye. Mm -hmm. Like, we wanted to burn it with fire, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then the sequel, I heard, is actually worse than the actual Killer Eye. I'm not going to watch it to find out. <laughs> I'm just going to burn it. Because I'm not going to get a copy of the actual Killer Eye. I'm just going to take the sequel. Mm -hmm. And burn it without even watching it. Yeah, because it tried to be meta about about itself. Like, oh it, god. Yeah, it was like a slumber party. And it was like, hey, the Killer Eye movie. Remember what's more? Like, blah, blah, blah. like all of a sudden, mm -mm. murders ensue or something. Like that. Nope, all the nope. Yeah. Nope, so. absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, so one thing that I decided to start doing for 2020 is whenever I have a guest who is an Austin friend, is to talk about what we've seen at Alamo Draft House recently. Right. <laughs> so. I have not been since mid-December. Okay. The last thing I saw there was Terror Tuesday, Black Christmas, which oh, was, that? it was fantastic. Oh, the old, original, not yeah. the new one. I just, I shouldn't have to say that out loud to people, <laughs> but I just want to make sure everyone knows that. But okay. it's a gorgeous print. It was, it was, you know, not, I mean, it wasn't, most people would say it looked terrible because it was, you know, red tinted and crackly and whatever, but I thought it was fantastic and wonderful and that was the last time i was been in alamo because okay. i've moved into a new house i don't have internet right now so i've just been watching you know my movies black from silvers. my collection pretty much yeah. so yeah i've just been going through like either some stuff that i have on a flash drive or my my collection itself so how about you uh, i saw rise of the skywalker for the second time this morning Twice. Yeah, I saw. Okay. I, I, first time I didn't like it. This time, I I was able to see some things and hear some things that kind of like explained away some of my problems with it. But okay. I still had some problems. But okay. I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the first time around. Okay. So yeah, I wanted to see the theater one more time before I left. So, mm. 
So that's why. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. And everyone keeps asking me. They're like, yeah. Erica, you haven't seen the new Star Wars yet? I'm like, no, I haven't fucking seen the new Star Wars yet. <laughs> and I probably won't. Yeah. I'll probably wait till it comes out on video to see it, which... Yeah, I, I mean, like, they're going to, like, shovel the Blu-ray in your face no matter what. You know, yeah. Like so. I mean, I'll probably just rent it. I don't know if I want to own it. Here's okay. the thing is, like, I have... Uh, since the, the prequels and with all the new ones that have come out, oh. I become more and more disenfranchised with star wars yeah like to the point where i'm like i don't want to be completely disenfranchised so with this one uh, this one i'm just like ah i'm gonna wait yeah i i I am good at avoiding spoilers for it for the most part i have some guesses about like a few things namely like why the emperor's in it which if it is what i think it is i'm rolling my eyes already but i'm gonna wait yeah. And maybe have some appreciation for it. So yeah, I just think the the new I guess we could call them Disney trilogy. They just I think the movies were uh, designed by committee, right? They're, they're yeah. built by committee, and you just, you don't have a Star Wars movie based by committee. You know, you just you just don't have that they don't successfully yeah. like right. And then um, so they've done the Mandalorian TV series, mm-hmm. which is really good, which is like awesome. And then if you take the Rogue One story movie mm-hmm. i think those are the only really good star wars properties that disney has put out mm-hmm. um since they bought it pretty much so i'm kind of worried about disney but i think they're going to go all in on disney plus and make disney like low-key low-budget disney okay uh, star wars stuff like that and so i'm hoping that we'll save the franchise i guess if sure if i you know i don't really have a say at all in disney you that. should <laughs> So, but, uh, write Disney yeah, well, and say, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have well, an opinion and it's well, better than what you guys are coming up with right now. Yeah, I went to Galaxy's Edge in Orlando, because uh, I'm a nerd, uh, around September, mm-hmm. just to check it out with my brother. And uh, I was just, I, I was underwhelmed with that property. Too. Really? Yeah, it just okay. seemed, I think it's better if you go at night. That's my that's my hot tip of the day, just go at night, because the lighting will probably be better, more dramatic. mm uh, than what would they have there, and so and then and they only have like okay. two rides, like two major rides there, I think. Okay. There and it's mostly good for shopping, you know. Well, do ads. And yeah. Stuff. But I mean, like a lot more than I think they should. But okay. Yeah. So. That's okay. My, that's my, that's my beef with that. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Anything else? No. Oh, I did try to do the Star Wars marathon at, at the Elmo Draft House. So Were they doing all? All nine movies. Oh God. Did you hear about that? No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried, missed I, that somehow. I tried that, but I gave up after watching the prequels. Speaking of the prequels, I just I just bowed out. Those I, will suck the life right out of you. Yeah, and then also I didn't want to. I know I've seen the the original trilogy so many times, and I know you know the scenes and uh, how they're gonna play out. Yeah, and and I didn't want to have the specialized versions yeah. thrown to my face, you know, with all this weird special graphics or whatever. Right. There. Yeah. So I didn't really want to have that compromise in my. Memory banks too. So yeah. Also, I felt like I had a huge knife in my head after watching the prequels. Yeah. Oh, so I was no. just like, I think I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Bed, so, but, That's yeah. smart. But a lot of people uh, went through the whole thing, which is amazing. So. Yeah. Hard pass. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if even if I had known about it, I wouldn't have gone to that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't I haven't been in a while, but I've got a lot that I'm doing this month, okay. and I wonder if you're going to be there too. So I'm going to be at three of the Terror Tuesdays. Okay. Two of the Weird Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, the Old Fashioned, which is My Man Godfrey. Okay. And then they're doing Metropolis at Mueller with a live score. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that's going to be good, the Metropolis with a live yes. score? Yes. 
Okay. God, why would you even ask that? Because <laughs> I just worry about the live scores. I see they, they do a lot of, they do like almost a handful of live scores. Yeah. Every month. And I just don't know. I guess they do a good job with them, I guess. And so. I don't know. This is my first time seeing it with a live score at Alamo. Okay. So I don't know. It just sounds like it would be great. So no, I don't okay. I don't know. Right. Anyway. Okay. It seemed um, like you were like really confident. And then I used to tell me you haven't done it before. Well, yeah. Like, I'm confident <laughs> because of like what movie it's going to be. And okay. like it's Alamo. So okay. like uh, I don't see how it could be bad. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm circling back. I'm com- completely confident. Okay. That's going to be good. All right. Um, are you doing any of the weird Wednesdays or Terror Tuesdays? I might. I just haven't pulled the trigger. Okay. Yet, so, yeah. All right. But yes, well, let me know. Yeah, some of them are pretty, pretty good. Weird Wednesdays, I think, are more my, okay. my beat. So, yeah. So, Shogun Assassin. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing Tammy and the T-Rex. Now, Neil actually pushed hard for Neil Wilson on the street. Yeah. Know? Yeah, he's been pushing hard for Tammy and the T-Rex because of the 4K. Right. They had it at uh, Fantastic Fest. So, okay. uh, I thought he saw it there, but maybe not. But... Yeah. Neil, what'd you do? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, and then um, I forgot what the other weird Wednesday is already. I'm so bad. Is it hallucination? Is that passed already, or did I miss that one? That's gone. Oh, I missed that one. Okay. Um, human tornado is going to be the twenty oh, second. Yes. That sounded pretty good. So you, yeah, you should definitely go with that. Okay. And I just got my Fantastic Fest badge today because they just had like the pre pre sale today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited. Well, there, it's probably still going on. Yeah. Are um, you going to go? Uh, I'll check the dates. Okay. It's September 24th to October 1st. I usually am somewhere, usually in September somewhere, so I have to see if it's a conflict. Okay. One with that date. So All right. That's why I'm kind of like... Well, it's still got early bird starting on Monday mm-hmm. through like May, mm-hmm. so right. I hope you go. Okay. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I went, I went one year with Ari... Um, and I got sucked in hardcore. Yeah. And Ari's like, I can't. You know, I, you know, she, she's like, I can only see so many movies in a day. And I yeah. Was like, I got, I was like, sucked in to see as many movies as I, as I could. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I went to the midnight screeners. I fell in love with it, and but just the it I haven't been able to go back ever since then. Okay. It's, recommend the, the the festival to anyone. Uh, well, I you know fingers crossed you can go this year. Okay. Lance, did you get your badge yet? Or are you going for the full week? Anyway. Okay, so last episode, my guest uh, Chaos and I reviewed The Bloodstained Butterfly. And from the customers also watch list of that film, I picked today's movie, which is 1977's Death Steps in the Dark. So as always, we want to provide a drinking game for listeners. Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts? Uh, There is a ditzy model in this movie. And every time she makes an overt attempt at comedy, you should drink and then you'll be drunk halfway through the movie. Okay. Yeah. She ditzy's a nice way of putting it. I wrote, I think I my notes said this woman's a fucking moron, an annoying fucking moron. Uh, so my drinking game was anytime there is an eyeball close up. Oh, there is a plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was watching Killer Eye too because there was like. So <laughs> I would never ever make you do that. <laughs> we're gonna burn it. We're not gonna. We're not gonna watch it. And speaking of Star Wars, this movie came out the same year or about the same time as New Hope came out. So you can see the the special effects were on par <laughs> with, 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 uh, with Star Wars there. Yeah, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting into some specifics, this was directed by Maurizio Prado. He's got a few other films. The main one, I guess, that he's known for is Death Carries a Cane. I haven't seen any of his films. I haven't heard of him before or any of the films that he's done. He's 88 and apparently still alive. 
Yeah, I don't. I got nothing on him. I I I dug around Letterbox, IMDb, Wikipedia. There's nothing on this man. So yeah, moving on to starring. Uh, we've got Leonard Mann. He is the main suspect. He has also been in a few slasher films like Night School, Silent Night, Deadly Night Three. He was also in Flowers in the Attic, which I haven't seen since I was a kid. Have you seen that Flowers in the Attic? No, I haven't. Seen okay. Um, it's also got Robert Weber, who's more of like a character actor. He's been in a bunch of bigger name films, but not in main roles. So like 12 Angry Men, 30 Dozen, Private Benjamin, and Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Uh, it was actually hard for me to keep track of everyone because there were so many people in this movie. I, yeah. So it wasn't that there were so many people. It's mm. that the people that were in it were forgettable. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, because when it gets to the end and who the killer was, I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like so many red herrings and in in, towards the end. There was like a half hour of red herrings. So it was like, oh, great, the movie next. Like, no, we got to throw the set off. Which here. is fine because I'm, I, you know, I'm used to that in, in Gialli, but mm-hmm. at the same time, We'll get into it. Okay. Uh, So plot wise, a quick synopsis. We have an Italian photographer who is traveling uh, on a train Mm -hmm. and there's a woman in the same car. So there's six people total in there. Yeah. They're crammed in there pretty hardcore. Yeah. And so like uh, the, I don't know, the train conductor or whoever takes the tickets, Mm -hmm. punches the ticket, I guess, ticket puncher guy. Yeah. Comes in there, takes everyone, punches everyone's ticket. And then comes out, and then there's a mysterious person comes around that that the cabin where everyone the six six people are in. I think six people are in there. Yeah. Woman comes around, goes to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and clips the wires. Yeah. For some odd reason in the bathroom, and then comes back out, and that's like mysterious somehow. That's it. Right, because that didn't like stop the train. It didn't cut the power because right. when the murder happens, it's when they're in a tunnel, so it's blacked out in oh, it the, was tunnel. the tunnel. I thought it was. I thought there was like some capacitor build up charge no 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 no. like i don't know why she we'll we'll get in okay so yeah yeah so getting into the plot right um it yeah it starts on the train there's six people in there there's one guy and the model uh ula and then there's the six people that are in the in the in the one car they go through a tunnel uh it's pitch black and one lady gets murdered yeah she's like French woman, I guess. I don't know. She's just a woman or whatever. So yeah. So you don't know who exactly she, she is. I don't know. Right. Well, we 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 learn later in the you know motive exposition dump at yeah. the very end of it, which which is like five minutes to the end of the movie, right? Y- right. Yeah. Movie, right? It so. is. <laughs> and so we've got the the photographer. It's his letter opener that is used. As the murder weapon. So he's suspect number one. Right, yeah. So he's a photographer, chief suspect. And you're thinking, like, why does he have a letter opener on a train out? And he's actually, like, trying to cut pages of an old, tiny book publishing because they usually, they don't really cut the book open. So he's actually trying to open up the pages as he's trying to read the book. I thought, yeah, I thought he was just using it as a bookmark, which I was like, it's for, like, like so many other things in this movie, it's forced. Like, how yeah. can we make sure he's got a letter opener? Like, have him use it oh, yeah. this way. Where one of the other things in this is, like, the the humor that's in the movie. Yes. 
Which, okay, I'm going to go back to a couple episodes ago where um, James and my guest James and I talked about weekend murders, which is a British-Italian comedy giallo. Mm. And it worked. It was weird, but it worked. The humor in this doesn't work because it's very sort of just dumb blonde slapstick sitcom like the very end of it where she's like oh it means this and he's like slaps his forehead and is like don't say that in front of the cops freeze frame end credits it's like oh god yeah i expected Columbo to come out any second just to wrap up the show (laughs) it it wasn't like it wasn't good at all so it was i mean i think Columbo was a better quality <laughs> depending on the episode you're watching but yeah so. right but, yeah. that's that's the thing is like i i like the i like it you know you know what to expect when you're getting a giallo you've you're gonna have murder you're gonna have mystery you're gonna have detection investigation mm-hmm. um tourism's really common too whether it's like physically traveling place to place or it's like a foreigner in a different country kind of thing because I, I i really researched it it was like oh it's a giallo like okay like i don't know what that yeah. Is that, does that mean like what you just said? Like it's, just, it's a murder? It's the, yeah, it's the genre of Italian film. So giallo literally means yellow. Okay. Um, and it's based on like these sort of crime novels that had like yellow covers okay. in them. And so it's basically like an Italian murder mystery. Okay, awesome. Okay. So, and it's got all those elements in it. Humor is not generally one that's in there. Okay. If it is, it's generally unintentional, mm-hmm. but it's... It, it still can work in within the film. Yeah. This one was very purposeful with the humor. Oh, yes. And it, it didn't... I think, I don't think it, purposeful, like you said, like forced with the murder weapon. Yeah. The humor is really forced. It is. Yeah. And it doesn't... It, there's a lot of things about it where it... There were points where, like, it could have worked because it's like, okay, if you're going to have the, the ditzy model be a part of this um, safe-cracking heist... Mm-hmm then you need to have some sort of counter to her. Like, you need to have people that balance each other out character-wise. And you don't get that. You get, like, the addition of the uh, thief woman who is just as dumb Mm. as the blonde model. Right. And who's, like, got this book and is, like, looking stuff up while she's trying to crack a safe. And it's like, is this supposed to be funny? It's not. Yeah, I was... I thought, just being on the balance, like... The, the the young safecracker that they brought on mm-hmm. is the daughter of the safecracker they thought they were going to get. Right. The lead murder suspect was good. Thought they were going to get on, yeah. onto it. And so, um, and I thought like the mom character would have been a great balance. Yeah. For that to go into that. Yes. So I was like, well, this is weird. Like to have two uh, comic relief characters going into this thing. Yeah. You know, and plus you have a third one with a, the, the, um, the driver of, of the whole shenanigans he's also relieved so you have yeah see so a straight man and three relief on the comics it's just it's not gonna yeah it doesn't really work very well. right and even he has elements of comic relief like when he's trying to whistle and he can't whistle and like things yeah. like it's just like it's really frustrating and like it, it does have some other elements in it that are typical like the cops in it mm-hmm. um are pretty useless yeah and then we've got there. That's another point of comic relief. Like the guy's constantly complaining about his stomach problems and constantly searching for. Like he would do better to try to 
search for the perfect antacid than to try to figure out who the murderer is in this whole thing. Because he basically, like, doesn't arrest the prime suspect when he has a chance, even though he says he's got all this evidence against him. He instead lets the photographer... I keep forgetting his name. Did you write it down? Oh, it's... uh, Luciano? Luciano. Luciano, yeah. So he keeps you know, running into Luciano and letting him go. And then he lets him contrive this ridiculous plan to yeah. catch the killer at the end. Yeah, it's act three, yeah. 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 It, the whole... Okay. It, oh, my God. Yeah, see, I, I told you, it was just, it's not a straight line as compared to that killer eye. It's just like... Which is, you know... It's not, but it, 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 it makes sense. But at the same time, it's everything is just so forced or over the top or far-fetched it's like what you part of his plan is okay we're going to steal the uh gold bust mm-hmm. art piece out of a safe from this guy right and we're going to use that to mold a mask mm-hmm. in the image of one of the women that was killed right. and then that is going to be when that person is walking around wearing that mask amongst all the suspects, that's going to, like, whoever reacts to that is going to be the killer. It's the most ridiculous thing. And, okay, I can't confirm this because, like, I went back to rewatch from the part where uh, Ingrid, the model, brings Luciano the masks to his little, like, hut by the train tracks. She brings him two masks. One's a gorilla mask, one's, like, some monster mask or whatever. And then they go and get the bust right. of, and that's got the one, the model Ula, Ula yeah. Ula's face. Right. I was convinced that what they did, and I was like, "This is so fucking racist! I can't even." Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought they did. I thought they took the gorilla mask yeah. and put it over the bust, and then like, I don't know, melted it or shaped it so oh. that they could use the hair or something. Okay. I was like, "Did they fucking do that?" But oh. then the person I watched it with was like, "No, it, it, they just used the bus to make them." I'm like, "Well, then how? Like, they just got the idea from having the mask?" Yeah, I, and that's what I thought too. Like, the okay. mask of a person is like, then like, "Oh wait, we can do that." Okay, that could also be racist. But I, <laughs> it, yeah, but I guess I was automatically just thinking the worst of this movie. Like, wow, that's super fucking racist, and it's just one of those. Ugh. You're getting like the characters. Like, is anyone likable in this movie? Uh, there's. I, I will admit there's some jokes that I actually landed. I okay. actually laughed at. All right. I, I like there were some jokes. So like, ah, that was pretty funny. Okay. The, the other ones were like, but most of the time was just like, oh, that's just, no, thank you. Okay. But like the, the, the one joke I laugh at, which is so stupid, and I, I feel embarrassed to say it, but like, uh, he's the the prime suspect is hiding out in the in the hut. Right. And he lives by the ocean, so he had to eat fish for four days. Yeah. And then she's like, well, would you bring me? You know, like, like, no, because, no, she had, you know, like, whatever. She does, not that she has to bring me anything. Yeah. I brought you some herrings. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was hysterical. Well, I, I thought know. that was being, um, I thought it was funny because I was also like, oh, it's like self-referential mm-hmm. giallo humor because yeah. of the red herrings. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. but fine i'll give it that yeah i thought that was hysterical okay not hysterical i thought like okay you can chuckle at that you cannot laugh out loud at that Yeah. every time i thought this movie was going to hit um just hit a ditch and just go on fire there was like something interesting that happened that like oh okay i'll watch like okay let's see what what happens next yeah and it it's almost like it constantly went off the ditch you know but then at the last second like okay 
bring it back to see what, how it, how the next you know five minutes go. Right. So it was kind of weird like that. It was a weird movie like that. Like yeah, you know, it's like you know, there's a guy who, uh, who who's yeah, uh, Omar who is the Middle Eastern prince. I'm doing air quotes. You can't really see the air quotes. Right. But I'm doing air quotes. And he was an interesting backstory, but you find out he's just a total red herring. But, yeah. Uh, but I was like, oh, where is he going with this? And what's going on? Yeah. And, and then he brings his hot date to the uh, party at the end where we're going to reveal the, the suspect. And, right. And I liked, I enjoyed the conversation with him, the detective. And it's like, oh, so is this your sister? You know, I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty pretty good there. But um, so there's a couple of moments like, oh, okay. Well, that's there's a few moments. And the only thing that brought me back into it for me at least where were the kills oh, okay because they had some good kills yeah i will say that. um i did like the okay so the model there's two models okay one is ula and she is african-american and she gets killed right her death she well she's got a, okay well she's got like three people that she's sleeping no she's not sleeping with her sugar daddy She's just taking money from the guy who got the bust of her maid, right? Right. Well, we don't know. Like, well, maybe she's sleeping yeah, with him. Yeah. All right. Let's assume she is. Okay. Because otherwise, you know, he's getting taken for a ride. Right. Or not. Right. Figuratively. Yeah. Anyway. And then we've got the um, the bearded guy. Raul. Raul, I think. Let's just, yeah. Let's just call him the blackmailer. Because he tries to... He figures out... Okay. God damn this fucking movie. All right. (laughs) Let me, let me stay on track with Ula and who she's fucking. All right. She's fucking her sugar daddy. She's fucking the beard guy. And she's fucking another woman. Right. The woman that she is fucking gets killed when she goes back to Ula's apartment to try to retrieve one of the black gloves, another sort of signature elements. So she goes to retrieve the black glove gets, uh, or one of the black gloves rather gets killed on the rooftop into the water supply basin mm-hmm. of it, which was, which was actually cool. Like they, w- one thing I will give them the, the straight razor. They showed like the close-ups and like it dragging across the neck, and I was like, all right, that's good. Okay. So then when Ula gets home later and she's taking a bath and the water starts running, I was like, ooh, she's gonna get. There's gonna be blood in the water, and then it didn't, and I was like, oh. Yeah. But then it did come later, and I was right. like, yeah, all right, good. Yeah. She gets killed. Her she gets her stomach sliced open. Yeah. You get a very, very quick shot of her guts spilled out on the ground, but right. it's a super quick shot and they did not dwell on it long enough and they needed at least like two more seconds of that and I would have been happy with it. Okay. So those two kills were good. Did someone get lit on fire in this movie? Am I thinking? I've been watching. I've watched a lot of movies. I don't remember anyone getting on fire. Okay. I'm I think that'd be a little too dramatic for <laughs> Yeah, this, probably. For this type of movie. Okay. But but I like, let's go back to the glove because the glove. Yes. Uh, it's part of the blackmail thing. Well, the blackmail, like we haven't, I don't think we explained it. Like, yeah. So the con man, uh, or like you know, uh, royal bearded, bearded, bearded con man, bearded, bearded, bearded blackmail, bearded white man. Yeah. With who's, who's <laughs> dating Ula? Uh, you know the, uh, the the singer. Uh, they they picked up a uh, the glove, and they realized that the murderer, they know who it is, and so they blackmail that person. Yes. And I, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like, I'm going to blackmail a known murderer. Yes. For uh, $10,000 is how much it is. Right. But I did look it up how much it is, $1977. Mm-hmm. It's actually $42,000 in modern. So would you blackmail a known murderer that you have to interact with hmm. to get $42,000 back for to give them the evidence? Would you do that? Um... 
Okay, well, no, this, this is a good question. So it, I got to take a number of factors into consideration. Okay. Number one, how did they murder the person? Was it an accident? Mm-hmm. You know, like, but in like, maybe you, maybe like I witnessed something like on the train mm-hmm. and they were like struggling and then someone like fell off, Okay. you know? And then I'm like, oh, I know who pushed that or like they struggled and that person like sort of pushed them off. Okay. Like, was it like that or was it straight like malicious murder? Well, in this, if it was well, in a, this case, knowing who the murderer is. Yeah. And knowing how like, you know, at this point, you only, you only know they murdered one person. Yeah. Would you would you do the exchange? Not for forty two thousand. It would need to be more money than that. So yeah, I'm, I I don't know what my price is. I have to think about this. Okay. Because I mean that's an important thing to consider. Like if you're gonna blackmail someone, you should have a number in mind like right away because you may have to think on your feet like super quick. Yeah. And decide on that. You you sound like you wouldn't do that. You sound like you would go straight to the police. Uh yeah I'm yeah I'm probably probably a big narc on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but for ten thousand dollars. And in and you have to see like in the, in the film they're actually talking about it while they're while they're in bed like yeah we could like you know blackmail someone for ten thousand dollars like let's do that like yeah I like uh, what and then also they were actually Willow's actually having the hand her mm-hmm. hand in the glove just like yeah let's just toss bring some throw in some DNA evidence into this murder like you know evidence right like, yeah that'd be great wouldn't it and like, yeah yeah so it's all sorts of stupid flags just going all over the place right there just waving back and forth yeah so i thought that was yeah so the whole way that they can start they they identify it is because in the papers the five people Mm -hmm. that were in the car Mm -hmm. not counting the murdered woman obviously all of their all their pictures are on the front page of the newspaper so beard guy and ula see that and they're like oh yeah we saw that person go into the train bathroom cut the wires they dropped their gloves that's the person who's murdered, so that's who they try to blackmail for not enough money. Right. I'm still thinking about, I'm, I might have an answer by the end of this, right. how much money I would need to blackmail a known murderer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's how most of this movie continues. It's yeah. It's about this black glove. It's about the blackmail, it's about the black glove. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the cops are around, but they're useless. They're just looking for antacids. Um, I think at one point, the, the lead investigator actually goes and gets a drink from a fridge from them from a dead like a dead person yeah yeah so i was like that was a nice touch right yeah and then he also walks over a murder victim mm-hmm. the person who was actually in the in the water oh yeah and he was like oh man it's, oh, it's harper and oh like he steps over yeah i'm like yeah well, that's nice right? yeah that's all he can think about yeah but getting back to the question about is anybody likable in this movie I think Ula maybe. Ula is awesome. I feel like Ula is like before she died, she was winning at life. You know, she like, was. Yeah. She's getting laid by three different people. Yeah. She's got great tits. Like she's singing. Yeah, she's paid to be an artist, if right? You will. And yeah, uh, yeah. I thought she was. You know, she's living a good life. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know her own worth though because she's not asking for enough money in the blackmail whole situation. Well, I think she left it up to uh, the bearded. Well, man. that's her first problem is letting the guy decide how much fucking money to ask for. Like yeah. I'm telling you right now, like ten thousand or forty two thousand or whatever. That's not nearly enough to right. blackmail a known murderer. Yeah, but also she's not really a part of it, right? She's she's like, okay, this is cool, whatever. You take care of it. And so I think that's... Yeah. So, but then but then she continues. She, like, when, when Beard Guy gets murdered, yeah. she continues the blackmailing. Yeah, that's right. After the fact. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, she's still trying to go for it, and she's not asking for enough money, though. Right. Okay. So, but she is... I agree. I think she's still 
the most likable person in this entire mm-hmm. in this entire film, right. which is not saying much because you know she doesn't have much competition because everyone in here sucks. Like Ingrid and Luciano, like he just seems annoyed at her most of the, most of the time. Oh man, that's annoying. Man. I mean, rightfully so because she sucks. Yeah, like she's not ditzy funny at all, and. I think the only time, like, he's interested in her is, like, when he's horny, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Everyone else is sort of forgettable, like, the the priest, and then... I thought the priest story was interesting. I thought it was interesting, too, but it was just so, like, oh, I, like everything else is, like, overly complicated for being just a random suspect in all of this. Yeah, it was like, who's a red herring? And that's why I didn't like it back, because I felt yeah. like if it played into the plot, that'd be awesome. Right. It had this whole, like you know, political exile, mistress, like, like cheating on his wife, like, all this shit going on. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, what is it going on with this character? Yeah. And then it turns out he's a red herring yeah. because the person who ends up being the murderer, we are spoiling this because, you know, no one should watch it, right. it the, is the woman who we get maybe including the, the safe car or the including the car on the train, we get, like, two scenes with her one with her telling her husband she's getting a divorce and then another when she's getting questioned by the police and so then when she gets brought in to this you know for questioning the yeah when well at the very end when she goes to like the event where ingrid's just spinning around in her green dress and i don't know why that's interesting to anybody yeah well we have to talk about that right yeah one what was that about like the whole entire scene right so so they have a whole like hey Let's throw an event. Yes. For people to come and we'll invite everyone who's a suspect or related yes. to the murder. Yes. Right. So that actually happened. Yes. Okay. So I was like, I was like, do they all just happen to be at this like really funky event? No, they're all invited. They're all invited with, I mean, the police went and picked some people up and like forced them to show up. Okay. So yeah. I think some people came voluntarily though. Right. Like yeah. the priest came voluntarily. Yeah. I think, um, the smuggler guy friend, what's his name again? P- the priest? No, no, no. The smuggler, the his, the friend of Luciano who's like helped him get like the photography equipment or whatever. I forgot his name. So, yeah. Anyway, he's there too. Yeah. So like everyone's there. And then at some point I was like, hey, uh, I know these people, there's a murder thing going on. I'm going to bug out. But no one like bugged out. Yeah. All. They're all like in on it because this ditty uh, model who just spins in a circle in a green dress. Yeah. Was captivating. That's the whole like <laughs> here here's course. what here here's what you guys showed up for. Here's the main event is Ingrid spinning around smiling in a green dress mm. and a woman uh going around with the mask of Ula on offering cigarettes and then she finally goes to the murderer which is the woman who got who was in there for like two scenes. Yeah. And her they invited her husband for some reason. Right. And she freaks out when she sees Ula, not not when she sees not Ula, and runs away, and everyone's chasing after her, and then she jumps off a a building and kills herself, and then she's dead. And then we get the exposition dump, or the the motive dump, where it was, oh god, um, she was uh, used to a certain lifestyle, right? And I guess she wasn't getting enough money from her husband. Right. And so she got involved with drugs, mm-hmm. drug running, mm-hmm. and the woman who was on the train who got murdered was going to Athens to turn, turn her in? Yeah, 
Druvik gives. Evidence. And so she murdered her. I guess the clues were all there. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie uh, a few times, and I did you? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I was trying to figure this one out because I was okay. like, because the killer eye was pretty straightforward. This one was like. Uh, did I miss something? And then also, uh, I watch movies with the captioning on. Same. The captioning was oh work. god, it was so I was so off. Yeah, sometimes it would, it was like phonetic. Right. Yeah, it would, it would work sometimes, <laughs> and then also sometimes it would just like just go off the rails mm-hmm. like, like the movie. Um, yeah. And so it really messed up my comprehension of what was going on <laughs> with the movie. I was just like, what is going on? Because I'm trying to. Because it's you know it's you know they dubbed it right so they're like trying to figure out what right what they're actually meaning what yeah saying is oh so. it was funny whenever um, Ingrid would say Luciano's name yeah. it would be like Lucy or loosely <laughs> oh god I forgot what it was I, I should have written it down it was funny though yeah. um yeah this movie's not great yeah no it's it's not good at all it it's got some I, I'll be nice yeah it's got some good kills in it it yeah. has a few moments yeah. it had potential. Right. Um, but this is not worth anyone's time. Yeah. At least I don't think so. Well, I think it's I think it's not as bad as Killer Eye. No. No, yeah, no. I think it's a little better than that. So I think yeah. it's I mean, like I said, there's so every time it just wants to go into the ditch and burn. Yeah. It 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 kept me in for some something weird happened or yeah. one of the one comedy bit out of four or five actually landed and I was like, oh, right. yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, I wasn't bored right. watching it, which yeah. is to me is like the ultimate crime. Like, okay, I'm going to shock everyone right now. Yeah. I turned off a Steve McQueen movie not oh, too wow. long ago. Wow. I have never done that before in my life. It was the great St. Louis something robbery. Mm-hmm. And it had a very young, very sexy mm, <laughs> Steve McQueen. And, oh, my God, I was so fucking bored, but I gave up. I, I just, I turned it off. I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't even care how this pans out. I'm just done. And that takes a lot for me to turn off a Steve McQueen movie. Because, yeah. I mean, I maybe I should have just turned off the sound and just watched it on mute or something. But right. anyway, it, this movie didn't bore me. So it's not completely irredeemable. So, I mean, as far, I guess, like, where I would rate it, like, to me, it's just a leave it. Like, I'm not, I mean, I guess you could remake it, but I don't want to think about too hard, like, what you'd need to fix. Because there's, I mean, if you take out the humor. Well, you could shorten the movie, get rid of the herrings. You could actually, like, you know, put the priest to make him part of the plot. Right. Um, And then you could not get rid of the ditzy part of the model. And actually get some good jokes in there and make her, like, make it actually, like, a they work in tandem. Yeah. A little bit better. And yeah. Then, um, they just didn't have any, like, yeah, they didn't have the counterbalance right. characters. But the thing is, at the end, when he's explaining, you know, the ex- exposition at the end, he tells the, our lead, you know, um, that, uh, yeah, he knew he was innocent. Yeah. The whole entire time. But, right. But because of that, it was almost like uh, he concocted this whole scenario to force out the murder victim and do his job for him. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's what cops, you know, generally do in Jolly. They yeah. they let someone else do all the work for them and then they just show up at the end and yeah. are like, with the handcuffs. And it's like, like, I knew all along. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where are you, are you, where are you at on the, uh, I know you don't, you know, love it or recommend it, but are you like 
leave it, remake it, or kill it with fire. Um, I think it was, it's two out of five. Would that, would that be? I mean, that's it's not a number scale for okay. in that reason so, range. What's, so. a, what's above the kill by fire? I'm sorry. Uh, so you kill it with fire is the bottom. Then you got remake. Then leave it. Leave it's just like whatever. I think you remake this one. It'd be, it'd be pretty good. Okay. Like, I think there's enough there to rework into a good movie. Okay. But I'm pretty positive about some things like that. So. Okay. Sometimes I see a really bad movie. I'm like, oh, man, you're so close. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. It has its moments. And it, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my leave it rating. But I think if I put in some effort to think about what could have made this better, I agree. Like, rem- it could be on the remake, too. Yeah. So. But I will say, because, like, Ula is living the best life. This is, like, a movie... Just for Ula. This is like amazing because like yeah. she's, she's got three lovers. This uh, one of them, her sugar daddy, makes a gold bust yeah. out of her face, which is amazing. Right. Like, this is awesome. You know what would have been a better title for this movie? What? Uh, the Three Lovers of Ula or something like that. Oh, that'd be great. Because Death Steps on, what is this fucking movie called? <laughs> Death Steps in the Dark. Death Steps in the Dark. Yeah. No. It's not that. No. Yeah. It's too generic. It's not. I mean, I'm. Uh, no. I thought it was Death Steps on a Train, but it just takes place on a train. Or you just put, like, uh, focus on eyeballs a lot. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Letterboxd. This movie's got 173 views. Not surprising. And it's got a 3 out of 5. Which, I mean, it doesn't have that many views, so I, I don't know. Mm. Um, do you have any reviews? To no, read? they're all kind of, like, uh, milk toast. I mean, did you find a good one? Not necessarily good. Um, I've got one. I've got a three-star one from Funeral Hammer, which said, movie seems like it's going to flop, but they throw in enough naked people and some nice-looking kills. Um, filled with humor and a solid soundtrack. Cannibal Holocaust guy. It's Riz Ortolani. Jesus. Um, it was better than I expected. The main actor says shit and fuck a few times, so that's an extra star at least. So really, this movie is a two star, but Funeral Hammer gave it three stars because they say shit and fuck in the movie. So I think this is a child because he also pointed <laughs> out there's enough naked people and some nice kills. Yeah. And he said Cannibal Holocaust guy and didn't even bother to like look up the name if he couldn't remember it. So yeah. anyway... And then Don and Nelly, he had a really long review, um, so I'm just going to read the last part of what he had to say about it, mm-hmm. um, because I think it really does sort of encapsulate who the characters are and why they're so uninteresting. <laughs> so this isn't an interesting group of characters who were following around waiting for the next strike to occur, and it just leaves this one feeling draining as this one goes around with either him in a drag, with either him in drag trying to clear his name or the airheaded girlfriend getting distracted with everything around her as they put a plan into motion to clear his name that they're never believable as a couple with the way he seems exasperated with any of her comments regarding how they're supposed to go about matters doesn't do this section much help and when it goes beyond them to the other passengers this one just feels endless with characters either getting a divorce or going through bland scenes in a nightclub well like i will say one line i loved a lot is ida saying uh you're all the same you husbands Yes. I was. I laughed at that one. That was pretty good. That was a good line. Yeah. Uh, Bland scenes in nightclub. Okay. That relegates the killer to a few places uh, and not being an important aspect makes it hard to remember the type of genre piece this really is and really disappoints this one, especially once it delves into the final half where very little of interest happens until the reveal. The comedy could also be problematic for some who aren't interested in the affair since it's way too hit or miss to be effective and overall lower this one significantly. Uh, that's one thing we didn't talk about is Luciano dressing in drag. 
uh, to clear his name, which... No, it wasn't clear his name. It was, like, hiding out. Right, yeah. he That was part of, like, during him trying to clear his name, he was hiding out. And it's like, why... Again, it's like failed comedy. Like, he's trying to disguise himself. Right. So his first instinct is to dress up as... Not just as a woman, but as a hooker. Mm-hmm. And there's a part that made me really uncomfortable because he's got this tight miniskirt on and they're sitting, he's sitting down with his friend and he's got his legs spread like wide open. Like, I mean, that's how guys sit, but it's like, you have a skirt on, please like be aware of what you're wearing and ew. So, yeah. Um, all right. So that's all I have for the letterbox reviews. I'm on a leave it. Chris is on to remake it. I might remake. I might say remake it. I might change. I'm not there to remake it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for Dust Steps in the Dark. Okay. That means it's time to pick the next movie. Okay. Awesome. I don't have internet, so I got to look at my phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and do, do Amazon Prime. Maybe there's a sequel to this. On my too. phone, huh? There's a sequel. To... Oh God, I hope not. Oh, maybe he comes back. Uh, and he's like suspected of murder one more time. Shit. Maybe he just should stay on the train. Maybe he should just forget letter openers. There you go. Okay. I should have checked this earlier. I don't even know if the phone app has the customers. Okay, it does. <laughs> it does have the list. All right, so customers also watch list for Dust Steps in the Dark. Oh, it doesn't have little things on it. I'm going to have to click on everyone and describe. Okay. Something Creeping in the Dark. Mm. 1971 oh I, I think I've looked at this one before dark and stormy night in a washed out bridge leaves an unlikely company of stranded travelers seeking shelter the group find themselves at a strange old mansion which happens to be the home of a late notorious occultist I think that was like a possibility before biohazard 2 the alien force Ooh. I haven't seen biohazard 1 though so I feel like that should oh it's 1994 Oof. No. That's Jacko. Oh God, no. They covered. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was on Red Letter Media, and I think they covered it because Padden Oswalt recommended that they watch that one because Cameron Mitchell is in it, mm. which normally is a selling point for me as well. But they watched it and they said it was fucking terrible. So mm. I'm not watching Jacko. Uh, Zombie Pirates. Ooh. Probably no. Because oh. zombies, no. And it's 2014. Oh, okay. At least it says it's 2014. And a zombie pirate movie sounds like it would be a 2000s movie anyway. Uh, Deathhead Virgin. Oh, this one came up before. A treasure hunter finds a sunken ship off, ship off the coast of the Philippine of a Philippine island. He is unaware that the ship is guarded by a vengeful spirit of an ancient princess. 1974. The Long Arm of the Godfather. A treacherous low-level mafioso greedily rips off a shipment of arms from his powerful godfather and tries to sell them to an especially dubious group. 1972. Mm. So that's a possibility because... So I've done four Gialli in a row. Right, you want to break out. Yeah, I want to stay in Italy. Okay. But I don't want to keep doing uh, doing that genre. Okay. So that sounds like it get, could get me out of there. Uh, Death on the Four Poster, 1964. A party of young people gather in a mansion for an occult experiment in which deaths are predicted by a psychic. It soon turns into more than an experiment. Maybe. 
let's see. Scum of the Earth, 1974. Newlyweds Helen and Paul go to a backwoods cabin on vacation. When Paul goes back to the car for some cigarettes, he's not given a chance to ponder the carcinogenic ramifications as an axe blade makes the point moot. Jesus Christ, who wrote this? Someone's trying to show off that they just discovered how to use the source.com. <laughs> uh, Panic-stricken, Helen runs into the woods only to find Odie Pickett as her only savior. He takes her back to his place where he does his best to give her a quote-unquote family welcome. Well, that sounds like rape. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. Um, the driver's seat. Is that Elizabeth Taylor? That is Elizabeth Taylor. 1975. Lies, a mentally unbalanced middle-aged woman, travels uh, travels toward a fatal destiny that she has helped to arrange as if her own extinction will bring a meaningful existence to its wished-for end, a premeditated search for someone, anyone, with whom she could form a dangerous liaison. Oh, that's the most vague description I've ever read. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Ian Bannon. No. Skip it. All right, so right now it's between Long Arm of the Godfather, Death on the Four Poster. Uh, Rabid. Seen it? Um, you seen Rabid? Cronenberg? It's good. It's not my favorite, but it's good. Oh, Horror Hospital's on here. Um, do they fix horror there, or do they try to get horror away from you? Um, it sounds like they're trying to fix it, okay. or that it, I think it just exists okay. at the hospital. Okay. Uh, a songwriter disillusioned with his career decides a change of pace is needed and checks in at the sinister Dr. Storm's health clinic. It is not long before he realizes that his life is in danger, so he befriends a dwarf whom he thinks can help him escape. You think Sinister is actually on the title? I the hope hospital? so. I fucking hope so. Yeah. I would check in there. Yeah. Um, so that is actually on my dead end watch list. So that's a possibility as well. Uh, Alien Dead, that's on my dead end watch list as well. That's about uh, Swamp... Aliens or zombies? I can't remember. It came from outer space to eat the living. Yeah, aliens. Okay, so meteor strike in a houseboat in the swamps, and then they start eating people. Don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, Alien dead, invasion of the blood farmers. Uh, I'm not doing that one. That's covered by uh, late night psychorama. Um, Brain of blood. Oh, it's another Blood Island movie what else night of the cobra woman oh Oh, she's making out with a snake 1972 Mm. beautiful girl turns into a man-eating cobra in this thriller which scales new heights of sexy slithery terror Mm, 1972 maybe all right i think that was the end nope jesus christ there's a lot on here All right. Um, I've got like three possibilities right now. So what's left? I've got um, Mental Scars. 2009. Nope. That Obscure Object of Desire. 1977. Uh, Oof. How do you pronounce this? Luis uh, Buñuel's final film explodes with eroticism, bringing full circle to that director's lifelong preoccupation with the darker side of desire. I love it when eroticism just explodes. I mean, that's fine, but I'm thinking... I gotta think about who my next guest is. and if... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pass 
on that one. <laughs> Keep that in mind for a lonely night, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got Casa de Fieras or House of Beasts, 2018. No. And so it sounds like anything uh, in this, like the 2010s, as a hard pass for you. Anything like 2000s, 2000s and above like is a hard is an automatic hard pass. Okay. Like I mean, there's an except. Like I did Muckman, but that was because it was the only horror movie on the list, and okay. I was like, this is the only way out. So, and is there a reason why it's a hard pass? Oh, because they're all garbage. The last twenty years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can, I can give you ten good movies in the last ten years, but I've seen all the good ones. Right. Okay. You know, so yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, two more. So, so you're mining history. Is what you're Okay. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Nightmare Never Ends, and it's got a trauma label on it, so that's a no. Don't want to do a trauma movie. And what is this? Oh, Senentunchi. I've seen this, and I didn't like it. <laughs> All right, so what am I going between? Something Creeping in the Dark, mm-hmm. Deathhead Virgin, Long Arm Godfather, Long Arm of... Wait, what is it? The Long Arm of the Godfather. Yeah. Or Death on the Four Poster. Um, it's not like Godfather's like when you really wanted to get an escape valve or escape hatch. Out. I mean, I think any of these would be an escape from um, from a giallo, but mm-hmm. that one's kind of... Who's directed this? More details, please. Nardo Bonami, mm. starring Adolfo Celli or Celli? It sounds like it's Italian. Yeah. So I think that's probably going to be a good bet. So yeah, I'm going to go with Long Arm of the Godfather. Okay. More of a crime rather than murder. So yeah. All right. So Long Arm of the Godfather for the next episode. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at CAW Podcast, Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched or Letterboxd under the username Also Watched. Chris, thanks for coming back. Well, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah. I'll see you at Alamo soon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you have anything to yet promote coming up? I don't know. No. Anything? Yeah, you just follow me on Twitter. From, uh, Twitter.com slash Teljekt, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. Yes. So, sometimes I do something funny, but not often. Take pictures of your shoes a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do that too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll see you at Alamo and I'll see you back here sometime soon okay. in my fancy new padded room. This is awesome. Yeah. This is great. I'm excited. Yeah. It's nice. I hope it sounds better. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take that long, but still. Yeah, I feel like, you know, like you're in a garage last time, which is totally podcast worthy, I think. Too, so. I mean, it worked, yeah. but I feel like this kind of makes it official. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah, you're moving on up. This is great. Look at me. Moving on up. All right. Well, thanks again, Chris. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Hey. Huh? You. Me? Yeah, you. Are you tired of watching the same multi-billion dollar films over and over again? I sure am. What if I were to tell you that there are movies out there that you have never seen before but are also entertaining? I would say that I wouldn't believe you because you're all big old fibber. 
if you want to find out if they're good or not, why not check out Bad Rad Movies Podcast, a podcast covering many sorts of genres of films that you might have never heard of. Anything from action, horror, fantasy, yuck, and comedy. Like to find out what films are good or bad? Listen to Bad Rad Movies podcast. Wow, that sounds great. To find out if these bad films are worth checking out, available on every single podcast app in the universe. Don't just sit there with your thumb up your butt. Listen to Bad Rad Movies podcast, hosted by Richard Sucka. Warning: Many of these films might not actually be entertaining. In fact, it is all subjective. If you feel like these subjective films are not to your liking, well, then listen to something else because we will not be responsible for anything that might happen to you after you have watched these films. Wow, I better go listen to the podcast right now. That sounds just like me, wow.